I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence, and you're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Steve Morgan, Banking Industry Market Lead at Pegasystems. Technology is taking over banking and financial services in a huge way, but it's not just about the technology. It's about the people that work in those institutions as well. How do we plug the people into the technology is probably the most important question we should be answering. Would you agree with me, Steve? I I think it's an awesome question, Robin. And, you know, people are at the heart of everything and people are actually creating the technologies themselves. So I think it's actually probably the people first and how do we make sure we get the best out of the technology to help both customers and staff in the banks who are working there. And we haven't seen that more than in the current period of, you know, both COVID-related and economic crisis. Because I think whenever there's a crisis, you've got to think about, you know, you want really good communication, collaboration, and you want to show some caring uh, and empathy to your customers as well as your staff. So I think what you're saying is is spot on. You have to make sure you get the right balance between, you know, not being too focused on just the technology, but actually thinking about the people first and then the technology second. Well, it's the people that make the technology work. So it's no good just signing on as a banking institution saying, I've seen the light, it's artificial intelligence with everything. Somebody's still got to make that work. And in terms of making it work, it, I think you have to go back to the you know, starting principles of any good piece of work or project and think of the outcome first. You know, what outcome are you hoping to achieve for your customer, for, for your staff, for the actual part of the process? You might be looking at lending, so you want to make the right lending decision, the right lending decision for the customer, the right lending decision by the risk appetite of the bank, the right lending decision because of the regulatory and legal environment. So, so when you talk about applying intelligence... There's a whole mix there, whether it's lending or investing or helping a customer decide where to save and what to do for planning, where you want to get the balance right between some things are obvious and we could go, well, Robin actually does just need a credit card with a £2,000 limit. That's fine. It's enough for him. Other things are less obvious. You know, Robin actually, suddenly we find out he has, you know, travels a lot between a couple of countries, has, you know, an old relative in another country and actually would like to help them buy a house. You know, so that, that might need someone to talk to, not just a machine making a decision. So I think there's there's limits that we should place on technology, but there's also advantages you can get from applying it well. We're talking about applying technology well and about how workers collaborate. And collaboration has been the challenge, I guess, over the last year and a half because of the fragmentation of people working from home, some people working from home, some people having to go into an office, some bank branches being open, some bank branches being shut. Getting the collaboration right between all these people who are maybe working, maybe not working, maybe part working. What can financial services institutions use to improve workforce collaboration? Yeah, collaboration, you're, you're dead right. That is something that when you're in, in person with each other is so much easier but we're becoming used to an environment where, and all the research I've seen is that, you know, at least 50% of the operational, i.e. any sales or servicing role in a, in a bank looking forward, is going to be remote, going to be dispersed. It already was before uh, we had the COVID incident where people were in-sourced, outsourced, different operations centers. So to get collaboration working now, there are some tools and things that can help, but it's getting, it's again, it's getting the balance right between where do you use a tool to help 
get people working together, uh, whether it's a video conferencing and some work tool versus when do you actually physically need to get people together to develop a relationship, to get to know each other a bit better. So I would contrast it on two ends of a spectrum where, so the company where I work, for example, we have some great technology to help people get work done and to apply intelligence to it. But we would never underestimate the fact that whilst you can still brilliantly route work or change the service level or adapt to what a customer needs, there is still the fact that by our very human nature, we actually do get to know each other by by meeting face to face and spending time together, spending time together working on a problem or you know sharing an issue. And technology, I don't believe, can overcome that fundamental sort of human need, if you like. Well, talk to me about hyper automation. Is this something that is desirable? Is it something that is necessary? Is it something that banks should be aiming at at all? And working in technology companies, you expect me to say, yes, we must do that, mustn't we? <laughs> but, but actually, I think the answer is a bit more complex. I think the hyper automation term, term has definitely been coined by Gartner and a bunch of other analysts is, is a fair comment to make where there's some things that even if you think about it personally, do you want yourself to be doing that type of work or do you want another person to have to do that type of work? So I mean something repetitive, something that can easily be done by a machine or something that requires, say, a huge amount of data being brought together, manipulated, done something with that could take an inordinate amount of time for an individual. Brilliant. Let's use technology. Let's let's automate that. Let's really take it to the next level of automation, i.e. hyper-automation, and really automate as much as we can. However, you then draw a line where you go, actually, you're a wealth advisor and you've got a client and we send out some information to that client because there's an investment opportunity, which we've seen because of their average cash balance and their previous investment risk appetite. That, that's perfect for them. But the client would like to talk to someone, actually needs to, because something else has happened that the bank, with all of their data, which is brilliant, doesn't know about. So that's where a person needs to get involved. And I think that's the, that's the sweet spot of getting, getting the perfect moment where in real time, in the moment, you actually get some assisted automation and intelligence to then go, Steve, you actually need to talk to Robin because this is a brilliant opportunity for both of you to understand and, and get the best out of, say, the bank's services that they can provide. And that that's what some of our clients are doing a brilliant job at and others we're helping get better at. In other words, what you're telling me is some of them are doing a brilliant job of it, some of them not so much at this stage. I couldn't possibly comment. Yes, that's true, Robin. <laughs> All right, bottom line then, it's all about the tech. It is still all about the technology at one level. Banking is changing and changing more quickly at this stage with the implementation of various new technologies than it has done for many, many years. Do we really have a clear idea of where we're going to end up in terms of the relationship between the bank and the client or the relationship between workers in the bank? Look, I think the short answer, if anyone's being honest, is no. But the slightly longer answer is, yeah, I think we've got some indications of where it's headed. I think if you think about the big areas that banks help with, so looking after your money, somewhere to store it, investing it to have growth, or lending you money to help grow either individually in terms of what you need to do or as a company, the clarity there for me is that there's an area, areas of banking are becoming invisible or fr- very frictionless, i.e. faster payments, instant payments, payments in different method, methods with wearables, mobile technology. So it's becoming sort of a bit frictionless or nearly invisible. So it's something that we as consumers or even corporates now expect to be really easy. But there are other areas of sort of high value, high transactional, high advisory areas where there's still a blended need of 
you don't want it to be frictionless. You actually want there to be a bit of friction. Partly it could be because you want the best advice, the best outcome for that investment, say, analyst you, analysis you're looking at. Partly it's because of a regulatory or risk need where you don't want things to flow so quickly that a mistake could be made and you haven't done the, the right checks. So I think we know that for simple things, it should, should and will become more invisible, frictionless. And for slightly more complex advisory-based things, there will still be that interaction and peace. I think of it in terms of the equivalent would be creativity. A creative industry you know, is always going to need that creativity and that's not going to be automated, whereas some of the things, some of the basic building blocks of that creativity can be easier done by machine. Steve Morgan, Banking Industry Market Lead at Pegasus Systems, thank you very much.